<laughs> Hello, my name is Nick, and this is Insignus. Hey guys, so this is the 10th most talked about paper of 2018, the previous year. Um, and we're going to run this episode like every other episode. I'm going to talk a little bit about something that I find interesting that's at least vaguely related to the topic of a paper that was impactful last year. And then we'll go through that paper a little bit. So the papers that are selected to do these episodes on are taken from a website called Altmetric, which quantifies online traffic around scientific journal articles to better understand the impact that they've had beyond using the kind of traditional methods of measuring how much a paper is influential, which would normally look at how much other papers cite that paper. And this actually looks at how often it's talked about on Facebook, how often you find it on news sites, how often it's mentioned in YouTube videos, and it uses measures such as this to see how impactful a paper is to real people in the real world, today's world. Now then, let's talk a little bit about extinction. So there have been five major extinction events in Earth's past. And we're going to go through each of them pretty quickly from the oldest to the most recent. Each of these is evidenced by changes in the fossil record. And although we don't know what actually necessarily caused each of them to happen, they're all thought to have something to do with rapid climate change. Yeah, but when I say rapid, I'm usually talking on the scale of thousands to millions of years here, not rapid as in our lifetimes, which is to us actually rapid. That's like lightning fast. Whereas these are on the kind of more planetary scale sense of rapid. Forgive my pronunciation of all of these. So first to the end of the Ordocene era, this was 444 million years ago, when 86% of Earth's species were lost. This is thought to possibly be caused by the uplifting of the Appalachian Mountains, exposing silica rock to the atmosphere, which absorbed much of the CO2 and actually chilled the planet into an ice age. Second extinction, the late Devonian era. This was 375 million years ago when 75% of Earth species were lost. So the newly evolved land species started to cover the planet with plants, moving around nutrients into the oceans that allowed algae to grow, taking up much of the oxygen in the water, and this caused mass extinctions for the organisms that then lived in the water. Third extinction, end of the Permian era. This was 251 million years ago, 96% of Earth's species were lost. This killed off almost all of the ocean coral. In fact, our modern corals are almost entirely different than the fossil record corals from this time. And volcanic eruptions blasted CO2 into the atmosphere. Bacteria fed on this to make methane, and this caused a surge in Earth's temperatures, which in turn led to acidification of the ocean, killing off much of the organisms alive at that time. Fourth extinction, end of the Triassic era. So this was 200 million years ago, and 80% of the Earth's species were lost. There's actually no clear cause for this extinction, but the period is characterized by fossils of conodont teeth, and these are kind of like jawless eel creatures with teeth lining their mouths and throats. Um, and so you can find a vast amount of these teeth in the fossil record, and after this point, none at all. And we don't know what caused these animals to die off, really. And the fifth extinction, end of the Cretaceous period, only 66 million years ago, when 76% of our species were lost. So dinosaurs ruled the land at this time, but the oceans actually belonged to ammonites, these squid-like animals that sport a snail-like shell. And the asteroid that put an end to the dinosaurs also nearly wiped out all the ammonites. Their most closely living relative now is the Nautilus. 
Now, many speculate that the rate of animal extinction seen now due to human activity actually outpaces any of the past extinctions, and that we should consider ourselves to be entering the sixth great extinction, laid waste to all these animals by our own hand. Of course, as with many things, hindsight may be required to offer the acuity necessary to truly determine if any of this is true. All right, guys. I just thought that was a cool divergent, not necessarily related to today's paper, but on to today's paper. If you've ever sat back and just wondered just how much stuff there is on Earth, how much it would weigh if you put it all together into a pile, then this paper is for you. Here we talk about an estimate of the overall biomass composition of the biosphere. That is to say, how much living stuff there is on our planet. Through centuries of research, we've slowly been able to paint a picture of all the species that inhabit our nice blue planet, and how they work together with each other. It bears noting, however, that we've gotten much better at painting some parts of that picture compared to others. For instance, we know a lot more about big, popular animals like elephants than we know about the millions of species of insects that crawl around. The boom of genetics has actually played an important role in this field, since we can now more precisely and confidently identify individual species in an ecosystem. So throughout this paper, biomass is reported in gigatons of carbon. So that's 10 to the exponent 15 grams, or 10 followed by 14 zeros, grams of carbon in one gigaton. So that's 2 trillion pounds for one gigaton in case being relative to the empiric system helps you kind of conceptualize how large these numbers are. And the paper chose to measure organic mass in carbon because it ignores how much water is present, and of course, because everyone else is doing it. So let's break some of this down, and if you'd like to see a diagram breakdown of Earth's biomass, then I'll put a link in the show notes, or you can simply read the paper yourself. <laughs> All the biomass on Earth is estimated to make up about 550 gigatons of carbon of which 80% are plants, and mostly land plants at that. The next most abundant contributor is actually bacteria, at around 70,000 gigatons, and 15% of the total biomass. So after plants and bacteria, that only leaves 5% of the remaining biomass to be split up between everything else, like fungus, animals, viruses, protists, everything like that. It should be mentioned here that the paper admits to an enormous level of uncertainty in many of these estimates. Namely, the bacteria mass estimate has an uncertainty level of tenfold. Insects are interesting because they make up the most diverse group, with more than one million species described, but their relative biomass is tiny. And yet there are some insects, such as termites, that are much more abundant than certainly I would have ever thought. Termites make up more biomass than the estimate for all bird species combined. Of course, we humans get our grubby hands into everything and have significantly altered the biosphere in the last few centuries. It may not surprise you to learn that the biomass of all domestic animals, namely cows and pigs, is nearly twice that of humans and more than 10 times that of all wild mammals. Similar numbers are also true of birds. So humans and livestock outweigh all vertebrates combined with the exception of fish. There are many more fish than humans or livestock, which is okay with me. The only more abundant animal than fish is arthropods, but we can just call them bugs for simplicity. An unfortunate value is that it's estimated that the amount of plant biomass has actually decreased by about half of what it was prior to human civilization. And now crops only account for about 10 gigatons of biomass, 
or only 2% of all living plant biomass. Well, I'm able to say a lot of these numbers and a lot of these estimates are able to be made, scientists haven't actually made biomass calculations a real priority over the years. Instead, we've mostly been focusing our research on biodiversity. So as I pointed out, many of these estimates have quite a bit of uncertainty. Hopefully, future studies will have more accuracy and might be able to include other groups that were left out of this study, such as parasites which were not counted as separate from the mass of their hosts, unfortunately. While I don't really think there are a lot of takeaways from this episode in terms of learning points, I think there's definitely a bunch of kind of interesting facts to get in there. Anyways, today's paper was called The Biomass Distribution on Earth by Baron et al. 2018. I've been your host, Nick Zelt, and this is Insignus. Thank you.